Welcome to the Lion's Roar Dharma Center podcast from Dona Darge Temple. This public talk by a student of Lama Yeshe Jinpa was recorded during a regularly scheduled Sunday service. Well, good morning again. Is, uh, is it anybody's first time here today by any chance? No, just in case Lama would say play nice and don't push anybody in the deep end, so I just want to make sure. Um, uh, when... Lamala asked me to talk, or what I was going to, what I was supposed to talk about. He said that I was, he wanted me to talk about uh, Kala Chakra Mandala, <laughs> because we've been doing mandala work this month in January here at the temple, and we had an art workshop also. Uh, but then that weekly email came out in the Facebook page, and, and it kind of said that I was going to be talking uh, on the Bodhisattva path on just kind of our normal Sunday. So I don't know what folks came to hear or expecting to hear this morning, so we're probably going to talk a little bit about both because that's what we get to do because we're Buddhists. Um, The Kala Chakra, Tantra, (laughs) and Mandala, um, you know, a lot of people hear that and and they get scared. Let me take a sip of this real quick. And, And I have my medicine Buddha beads here. Because a lot of people aren't feeling well right now, and I've been doing a lot of medicine Buddha mantras, so um, I hope everybody is who's not feeling well is feeling well. My mom had a, a second cold this season, um, so please excuse my throat as as we get through this morning together here. Um, when when people hear about the Kala Chakra, sometimes people get scared, uh, and and the reason for that is because it's a Vajrayana practice, and. The essence of that Vajrayana practice and, and what Vajrayana is, right? First of all, let's start there. Maybe that would help. Um, Vajrayana is essentially Tantra in Buddhism, and Tantra in Tibetan is what it is. It's a form of Tantra. It is the secret Tantra, most commonly known to, which is part of what the Kala Chakra is as well. Uh, it's, a, it's a set of initiations and rites and practices that are, that are given, and part of the lineage tradition with Buddhism is is that we have initiations and that we have transmissions um, when you're taking empowerments. And part of that Kala Chakra is that it's, it's really kind of um, one of those areas that requires you have just a little bit more than the four seals or the four concepts of Buddhism uh, down under your belt and really feeling comfortable about some of those concepts. Typically, uh, and, and I'm going to read from the book because I think they set it up um, really, really nice about about what's really expected when you start to looking at Kala Chakra work and some of the mandalas and getting really into that at, at a deeper level. It says, having practiced the paths of recognizing the suffering condition of ordinary life, of developing great compassion and an altruistic intention to become enlightened, and of engendering the view, realizing the emptiness of inherent existence, a practitioner may be ready to receive initiation. So, um, again, that's really setting up the Kala Chakra to say, you know, don't just go jump in the deep end with it because it's really something that that can swallow you up whole if you're not ready for it and and can become very confused, uh, I I think, which is, you know, why Lamala doesn't um, 
have a whole lot of talks on it, I think. You know, even, even when we talk about, you know, maybe just the, the historical aspect of it, the Dalai Lama didn't give the first Kala Chakra empowerments or initiations until 1954 in Tibet. Uh, and it wasn't until the 1960s, 1963, I believe, that it was in Wisconsin that it was first given in the West. So the Kala Chakra in and of itself is not new. Um, it, it happened in Bodhgaya with Shakyamuni, and, and that was part of his teachings that, that he was able to give. And so we know that it's over, you know, 2,600 years old at least. Um, but as we have become to um, embrace the concepts within the Kala Chakra and the Tantra, the secret practice or the secret Tantra, it's really around your body, your speech, and your mind, and being able to have a level of consciousness and wisdom that you're able to be aware of all of those, and, and again, to have practice areas within them. The mandala aspect of the Kala Chakra, and what most people are familiar with, and, and we had our, our monks here last year do a beautiful one for us, um, that really is the map, if you will, to how you approach the Kala, the Kala Chakra and what's within the study of Kala Chakra. Um, there's, there's directional entrances that are specifically related to points of body, speech, and mind and, and how those need to be addressed. And that sand mandala has just become so famous because it, it really represents everything you could ever need to know and want to know about the Kala Chakra. Um, I, I think that there's different types of mandala and, and some different types of, of work that we all within ourselves are able to kind of manifest that energy and, and really tap into. That's that of an inherent existence in, in what I mean by that is maybe that it's something that, um, you know, you've done in a past life, maybe something that you've done really early on as a child, maybe something that you didn't start until um, you were a later adult in life, and that could be music, that could be art. There's many modalities to, to what a mandala can be and how we can practice the Kala Chakra, its aspects as we do mandala work and as we do mantra work. Um, one of the things that I, and I brought and I told Lamala I was going to bring to show you is, you know, usually when I do any type of mandala work, it happens to be in the form of using a hook or either a crochet hook. Um, and this particular mandala is going to be a butterfly shawl. So as you can see, these are little butterfly bodies right here, right up at the top. And each of these will come together. And, and it's probably um, not even halfway through. But this can be a mandala. Why? Because each and every stitch represents a mantra. Whatever that mantra needs to be, whether it's the Kala Chakra mantra that we did um, when we were doing Kirtan earlier or um, something else. That, that's one that, that's a little bit easier, you know, and takes a little bit more energy. I think um, some of my other more practical things, again, the Buddhist in me is to say, no, we just, you know, I need to just be working on socks, right? <laughs> 
and so we have socks again. Um, and, and this will go to a monk in Tibet, to Sarah J, to one of the monasteries. Um, because again, like us, we're don't, not wearing shoes, right? But wearing a pair of handmade socks is really special. Um, and, it, and it really actually feels um, quite special. And again, there's Omani Pemehum or Omahum, depending on how tired I am, that's going into each and every stitch, right? And what ultimately becomes is something um, that, that it can manifest. Just a couple of other things. This happens to be a hat, right? Just, again, a full wool hat. And Islam Azopa would say this animal that this hat was made out of was actually liberated and was blessed and was saved from being, was having its life taken. Um, this happens to be a merino wool lamb um, that was saved from the slaughterhouse and was grown up and grown out and its hair has been used for being able to make beautiful things like this for many, many, many years. Um, and, and I also have lambs that I've liberated and that I've rescued on my property. Um, that I also grow out and we shear, and then again we're able to just kind of kind of make things into. And again, it's just you know it's something that I can give away, um, knowing that it has Kala Chakra, right? It's got Tantra work in it. It's got the science of of doing the the practice and, and doing some mantra work around Kala Chakra again, with practicing some aspects of body, speech, and mind um, that can go into it. They're silly, you know. I, that's pretty much it. This is just a crochet hat, right? So it's either one needle or two needles. I either one I can do both we can do both and the good thing about that and again what the aspect the Kala Chakra and the Tantra aspect of my mandala work is is that I can teach anybody to do it anybody to do it right it's really that simple and if anybody just like education um, maybe here we're transitioning into Dharma in real life right um, education it doesn't matter if you have the best teacher in the world um, you're not going to learn anything unless you really have a desire to learn, right? You have to become a good student, first and foremost. And if you really have a desire to be a good student and, and to learn, there isn't anything in this universe that you're not capable of learning. I saw my grandmother last week and I asked her, you know, because I was preparing for my talk, and I said, you know, why can't I just know everything that there is to know, like, right now? Don't you know how much... She's like, you've been asking me that question for 41 years now. She's like, that, she's like, you've been asking me that since you were two years old. She's like, you've always wanted to know like everything that there is to know right here, right now. And um, that's just not possible. And I keep realizing that. Um, the Kala Chakra, again, um, there's a lot of practices within it. There's the 37 aspects of being a Bodhisattva that are inherently part of this practice right here. That there's a whole nother text on and a whole nother area on. Um, one of the biggest areas of practice in Kala Chakra is the succession guru yoga, and you're basically doing um, six-minute sessions six times a day. Now, for any of you that might have had empowerments, the thing is, is, is you continue to have initiations or empowerments, you're making commitments to have study, right? Like when you do, when we did Medicine Buddha Mantra, right? Um, Kenshin Rinpoche, he asked everybody, he said, now is the time. You have to decide. You're making a commitment to yourself with your practice. How many Medicine Buddha Mantra are you going to be able to do every single day for the rest of your life? Right? That's how serious these practices are, these tantras and these initiations. That's the expectation is that when you're starting to get into that level of practice or into tantra or into the science of it, um, it, it really becomes, again, just an inherent part of your life. Um, let me look here and see. 
Yeah, it's... Um, the Kala Chakra became a part of the, the Tibetan practice, again, and especially the Galukpa tradition, our tradition, again, many, 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 many years ago. But when it comes back to, to some of the original and, and the history of it, it was the Mahasiddhas um, that we knew that kind of subscribed to these tenets or to these philosophies first. And again, it was probably shared with, with the Tibetans eventually as how we kind of came t to have the Kala Chakra um, as part of our practice. Does anybody have any questions yet? Maybe because this is a, a really complex topic. And yeah, go ahead, Noel, please, for sure. Do we have a microphone? Oh, Doug, there. I was looking for Doug there, and I didn't see him, and he was sitting there the whole time. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. I said I was looking for Doug since I sat down this morning, and I was looking for him right there, and I'm like, oh, he's not here, and there he's been sitting there the whole time. Isn't that crazy how our brains work? Anyways, yeah, okay. I'm glad you're well because you were in my medicine Buddha mantra. I'm like, I hope Doug's okay. That's why I was looking, so I'm glad to see you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad to see you. Thank you. Yes, Noah. Uh, two, two things. One, I'd love for you to teach some Dharma yarn arts to the little Buddhas. <laughs> I know my daughter would love that. Um, the second thing is if you could talk a little bit about the Mahasiddhas. I, I have some very basic knowledge, but um, just a little bit. Not to, I know you. I don't want you to go on too much of a tangent, but yeah, no. Um, we it it basically um, the Mahasiddhas again were were Indians that really had a practice in an essence and developed what I would consider as we would as we would call today like a culture and and that culture in my mind was that of perfection was that of clarity was that of perfect reality and exactly what reality is. It, it really started to talk about the difference between illusion and reality, and the Mahasiddhas really started some of those core concepts and embodied that culture, um, and they shared those teachings with others around the world. Yeah, they're, they're, they're pretty old. It goes back to some of the Vedic traditions as well. Yeah, and there's people who know more. Please, Dirk, go ahead. Yeah. I didn't want to talk about Oh, okay. No, no, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to share with you that I, I've always been that like that, too. I want to know everything. Mm. And about, oh boy, it's almost 10 years ago now, I realized, wow, how fortunate I am that there's still so much to learn. Yes. Because you know, like, the learning itself is so, uh, is the, what's satisfying. Yes. Yes. No, you're absolutely right. And, and that is back on that very, again, strong vein of education, right? And how important that it really is to, to our society. And I was listening to um, some other Dharma speakers about just about that, right? That that learning process, um, typically what happens is as we become educated, um, and start to learn things and dispel ignorance in, in either a formal or informal way, depending on whatever those practices are going to be, we start to think, okay, I know what there is to know, and I know what I know, right? And, and unfortunately, 
if you're not humble enough to be able to realize that and come back to that beginner state of mind every day, right? Whenever you're learning or wanting to learn, the ultimate truth here, the reality is, is that you're learning every single day of your life from the moment you're born until the moment you take your last breath. That's exactly why we're here and that's exactly what we're here to do is to continue to learn. Um, now you can con continue to embrace those learnings as they come into your life with obstacles with opportunities with experiences to for you to again look at avenues and to learn and and i think as long as you have the humbleness to say yeah i can still learn and i still want to learn that you're able to learn right and i think that that's really cool and yeah i there's so much to always know and and i'm never going to know all that there is to know and that's when they say well that's when you have that's when lama says don't worry you have your next lifetime and the lifetime after that because you're coming back right that's that's the goal is to come back in our tradition uh to come back with a perfect human rebirth so that we're able to help other sentient beings again right so i can keep knitting and crocheting and saving and liberating lambs or helping others with the dharma right actually that's the real goal or maybe be a doctor in my next life i don't know who knows right or psychologist maybe like lama i don't know what the, what that's going to be but we need to be able to come from a place of wanting to help others and learn how we can best help others right and that's part of the dharma as well yeah so you talked about the bodhis you know you would talk some about the bodhisattva path and that indeed is the bodhisattva path right yeah, yeah. Just this constant learning and developing more and more capacity for skillful activities. Yes. Yes. No, absolutely. And, and I told my, I'm speaking on Bodhisattva path still because that's our ongoing theme at the temple, right? Dharma for real life. Every day, what are we going to do? How do we best practice Dharma? I told um, Lamala I was going to share the next time I talked that I have a new saying and it's really easy for people to remember. And I think it's really easy because everybody knows what CRS stands for, right? Can't remember. <laughs> Hopefully you've heard that before. You've heard what CRS stands for and you know somebody that has CRS. Um, BRS is what you should be focusing on every single day as, as the bodhicitta path. And BRS, again, you're just moving one letter from C to B, so that's why I think it's easy to remember. But I have to memorize a lot of texts. Even yesterday, Keshla was saying memorize more texts. Um, BRS stands for bodhicitta, renunciation, and shunyata. And that comes... Um, that comes from Lama Yeshe, actually. It's the last word. Shunyata, emptiness, was emptiness. Yeah, shunyata, as they would say in the 70s, yeah, yeah. Um, so bodhicitta, obviously, it's if, if your mind and your consciousness, if you're able to be rotating and pivoting between those three at all time, right? Kind of like the four measurables yesterday. Um, if you're able to continue to be pivoting from either thinking about generating bodhicitta, how am I going to best be helping other people, right? How am I going to renounce suffering? I don't want to have suffering. Am I unhappy right now? No, then I'm not suffering, right? And that's okay. That's a good just kind of baseline there. And then the last is shunyata. Remember that one, in our, or emptiness as we would call it in our tradition as well. And, and that's just to know that when something comes up, you just kind of need to let it roll off your back because at the end of the day, it's all not going to matter. If your next breath was right then and there, nothing's going to matter. Whatever's on your mind that's bothering you right now, doesn't matter, right? It just doesn't matter because you're not going to be here to worry about it. All of us are going to be here to worry about it for you. 
right? But you're not going to be here to worry about it. So if something's bothering you that bad and you think that, you know, and you're, you think, hey, if that was my next last breath, is this how I would want to be spending it or is this what I would want to be doing? Um, I still, I told my grandmother about Lamela's talk. It's like, you know, I'm, I, um, I have a husband and, um, right now, and I have a couple nephews, but I don't have my own kids. I was a foster parent for a long time, but I don't want to die listening to The Price is Right, um, like Lamela was talking about, right? I don't want to die with the LVNs talking about going to Midtown to get cocktails when I'm laying there dying, right? I mean, what did I do? What was my karma so bad if that's really um, going to be the way that you have to go out? But again, if, you, if you're thinking about bodhicitta and you're in a better state of mind, hopefully um, you're going to be creating karmic actions that that's not um, really, really where you're going to end up. Um, I want to talk, uh, I'm going to talk a couple more um, points since we have some time. Does anybody have any more questions about college talk right now? Yes, yes, Elizabeth. What is the college talk? What is it? What do what? Even just, what do the words Kali Chakra mean? Sure. Um, the body, speech, mind, and wisdom. Well, wheel is chakra. Chakra is wheel. Which encompasses our body, speech, mind, and wisdom. Yeah, it's it's the wheel of time, and and again, it's um it's a mandala. It's this is what this is what the Kala Chakra symbol is right here, essentially. Yeah, in that right back, in that tanka right back there as well. Um, yeah, yeah, it's huge. It's, it's a huge topic. It's a yeah. It, the Kala Chakra encompasses many, many veins. I mean, when the Dalai Lama does an initiation, it's typically ten days. Um, there's so much to the Kala Chakra, which is why I have tried my really, really best to distill it down to something that everybody could walk out and start looking further into and to at least have a hallway conversation about, right? And to understand it at a high level. Um, yeah. Yeah. What is the title of the book and the author or translator? Um, wow, there's. Uh, yeah, I should ask Lamala which Kala Chakra text he used. So the one that I'm looking at right now is not a good one for anybody to just pick up. Um, it's called the Kala Chakra Tantra. It's the rite of initiation. Um, it's it's basically by His Holiness the Dalai Lama, and it's been translated by Jeffrey Hopkins. And not only does it kind of cover the aspects at, at kind of a high level again, of what the Kala Chakra is about, but it goes into some of the commentary and texts within it and also to the actual practices of the Kala Chakra and, and what those are as well. I, I think we should probably, and maybe I'll talk to Lamla about it, you know, maybe we need to have um, a year-long um, course, maybe our Monday nights we can switch from Lotus Sutra to talking about Kala Chakra. I know that um, there's been feedback that there's not a lot of talk about Kala Chakra, and certainly we're supposed to be Vajrayana Buddhists, right, and practicing the high, highest level of practice. Lamala says that all the time, and certainly I think that's what we all have aspirations to do, and um, by talking about the Kala Chakra, it, it's going to get there. Kicking off our, um, our other courses 
our refuge courses are discovering Buddhism, right? These all tie intricately into the practices of the Kala Chakra at the end of the day. It's like, you did, and that's the thing, it's not like you just, you can start practicing Kala Chakra anytime, but most people don't usually just start there. There isn't like a temple you can walk into and it's just going to be about the Kala Chakra because it's, it, it's again, it's, it's a tantric practice. It's a secret tantra. Yeah, so you need to have a guru, one that you really trust, who's going to take you through the initiations and a teacher um, for that. Yeah. Okay. So a couple more things just that we will talk about. Oh, this, uh, another question? No? No? Okay. Um, I think just a couple more, and then we can take a break, and um, then we can do meditation. A couple more things or talk topics that I... I think just wanted to talk about, of course, trying to be prepared for the bodhisattva path as well is, is really, again, some of the things that we all might deal with, or at least I deal with, and again, why I practice on a regular basis is to handle some of those things like anger, um, jealousy, maybe, um, relationships, and how we're able to kind of apply our practice in, into some of those areas of our life that, that make the most sense to us and, and that cause the least amount of suffering. Um, I think one of the areas that you will hear me frequently talk about is anger. And that's definitely an area that I just have to continue to, to do work in. It's, it's, a, it's, again, one of those things that it's my karma. It's my seeds that have ripened in this lifetime that I get to work with, right? Um, at the same time, I have a lot of virtues within, within the Dharma realm that, that I'm able to kind of really tap into to, to help me with some of that. But it, again, a lot of it is, is wanting to understand why it continues to arise and, and what is it within me that makes the anger happen, right? And when you look at that, there's, there's sometimes a couple fundamentals to it. Sometimes it can be around patience. It can be around me not having enough patience, right? Um, because usually when that, that thought, um, anger starts with the thought, it's not always yelling or it's not always... Um, it, there's a basis, as we would say in Buddhism, there's a thought, an arisen thought that's coming to my mind that's causing this person, this self, me, to have some sort of suffering or to get angry or to get frustrated or, or whatever that's going to be. And the interesting thing about that is, is that thought is arising within me. So whatever that anger or that situation... <coughs> comes out and comes around to be, it ultimately comes back to, to this person here, right? Because that other person doesn't know um, even that I'm angry or, or why that thought is arising within me. I, I think it, it's definitely something that I continue to think, and that's maybe the delusional part of, of it here, is that I keep nipping it in the bud, right? Like, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> like, that's just crazy. Like, I'm not going to get angry again. <laughs> right? And I, 
I guess I can still, I, I don't know if it's delusional. I don't want to be angry, right? I don't think anybody, <laughs> I don't think we want to be angry because if we do, again, that anger thought and, and when that thought arises within me, it comes back to self. It comes back to me. It comes back to justifying why I'm angry. Is it this belief that I have in my head? that's not even valid? Is it a memory that I have? Is it a perception that I have? Is it even a valid thought that I have? Typically, my anger is going to arise. And what I notice is, is when there's a sense of self, just like this morning. I wasn't on the road seven minutes before somebody had to be stupid on the road. <laughs> um, and I almost have to like, you know, I almost have to like set the timer from the time I leave my house. Like, how many minutes is it going to be until the first person is done this morning, right? And um, it, 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 and I, it's one of those things. It's like sometimes it's not going to happen. I can, no matter how good of a mindset, I can, I can set the best intention every single day. It's not going to happen. I'm going to just, there's going to be no traffic. Everything's going to move. People are going to use their turn signals. They're not going to be trying to run you off the road. They're not going to be in the fast lane going 40 on their phone. Um, but it doesn't happen. And I shared with you before, well, maybe it's the people trying to run you off the road that are trying to get their wives to the hospital for labor and delivery. That works well. That's meta. That's love and kindness, right? Thinking that the other person needs to be well and to be safe and happy and healthy wherever they go. That's meta. Um, the other part of that says, they need to move out of my way. I need to get to the temple. I have something to do, right? And again, that's where that sense of self is. Well, everybody needs to move out of the way. We all need to get somewhere, right? So why is it me, the one that says that we need to move out of the way here and, and really have that anger? So it comes back to that sense of self and, and even that arisen thought every single time. It's like, oh man, it's like, okay, no, it's me. It's me, it's me, it's me, it's me, it's me. Or it's the self, it's this person inside, right? Um, that needs to diffuse that anger. First of all, you need to understand what is that arising thought. And the second step to that is to be able to extinguish that thought or to replace that thought with BRS. <laughs> Bodhicitta, renunciation, and shunyata. And the renunciation there is the suffering because I'm causing myself to suffer because it's making my physical body raise my blood pressure, perspire, just not be in that calm, centered, relaxed state of mind um, that we all practice for. The other thing I'm learning, um, and I kind of have over, you know, always known this, and, and it talks about, Lamala touched about it as well, it talks about in relationships, when you get into relationships, when you get married, or whatever relationship you're in, there's like these false expectations that we're always going to be happy, everybody's going to be happy, nobody's going to get angry, and that's really not true. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 yeah, and um, again, it's a false set of expectations that I might have, because that 
disappointment or that upset or that anger is coming from within. It's usually not something that somebody's done to me, uh, which is even more interesting because it just proves our, our Buddhist beliefs that we cause our own suffering, <laughs> right? We cause our own suffering. Um, and the good news is we're, we're, we're to be able to stop it. And, but with anger and relationships, I think it gets a little more complicated. And I say that because when we meet somebody, we say that you fall in love. That's what everybody says. It's actually lust. It's a physical lust. It's a desire. It's a craving. Fundamentally, that's, that's what's happening. It's, it's an emotion. It's, it's a lust. It's a craving. It's a, it's a desire. Um, that's what it is in, in, in reality because how can you be attached to somebody that you just met? First of all, you have to ask yourself, right? That's the thing that should, might throw you off the deep end a little bit, right? How are you experiencing this deep, profound sense of attachment to this person that you just met? How are you falling in love with this person that you just met when you've had these other relationships your whole life, right? It's your brain again because you're going through cravings, experience, and desire. So you start off in, with this engagement, this relationship with one another, and um, even my relationships in the Sangha, right? With Susan or with Noel or <laughs> other Susan, right? I, I can work for years to build trust and to build honesty. And I can blow that in one minute, not even a minute, one second, one second, with either one word, one tone, one shift of even, your body language speaks more for you than your words do. And I, that's real. I had to learn that in my professional life, the, not the hard way, with a lot of expensive teachers, again, the best teachers in the world, to not have that shift of energy, right? When something bad, detrimental is happening, you need to stay calm, focused, and to be able to do that. But again, I can change the course of my relationship with anybody in a second. And that's kind of scary. Um, because I, I know I've done that, at least with my partner, my husband. Um, I, I, we've done that, right? I've said things that, oops, maybe I shouldn't have said that. But guess what? It's, it's always too late. It's too late. There, there, sometimes there is a never. Yes, there is a never. There are some things you might should never say because once you say them, you can't take them back. And typically when they're said in a gesture in an angry tone, they cut like Manjushri's sword even harder, right? Or it's like licking. I like this expression. It's Tibetan. It's like licking honey off a hot sword. It's like licking honey off a hot sword, right? Um, you're going to burn and cut at the same time if you lift too deep or if you lift too hard. But if you do it just right, it's going to be sweet. Um, when those angry thoughts arise and to be able to just, you know, that's, that's the thing is I, I don't think that you are given enough warning sometimes to like, uh-oh, here goes, you know, it's like inside, boom, it's just like, Islam says you tip over, right? Something happens, you just tip over. Somebody, something, actually you tipped yourself over, but your cuppeth raneth over. <laughs> right? My cuppeth raneth over with passion. 
hopefully with, sometimes it's with fury, sometimes it's with anger. Um, but if the kapith runneth over, that's like hot molten lava, right? And it just starts to come out of me, around me, and then it slowly creeps out. And that's not good. Um, that is not what Dharma practice is about. Um, fundamentally the opposite of what it's about. Although love and hate are really the same emotions at the end of the day from an ultimate truth when you're feeling those types of intense, intense feelings. Um, the emotion scale can be just as high as it is for love as it is for hate, which is to me again is really, really interesting. And when we come back to, to um, the Wheel of Time, to Kala Chakra, when we come back to the Middle Way practice, it's really centering on um, that path. So I continue to, you know, work on that aspect uh, in, in daily life because, again, I, I don't want to have damage control relationships. Now, I still have to get over the delusion that I'm not ever going to get angry again. I just have to get over that delusion. Um, it's the same delusion that I've been living with my whole life that I'm not ever going to know everything there is to know, right? It's the same thing. As much as I have aspirations to want to, it's just, it, it, is, it is the way that it is. Um, we're always going to have afflictive emotions and difficulties in our lives and the reason for that is because we have to have free will and if we didn't have the opportunity to continue to stay in the middle of the path right you can get swayed one way or the other and when you do that you're creating karma and that karma needs to ripen and it will ripen um, and come to you so I, I think we can stop and take a couple more questions or comments or if there's anything anybody would like me to talk about. Otherwise, we can take a break and we'll sit for a few minutes. And Thank you for everybody listening to me. I was just thinking, um, when you were talking about the last section on, on anger and, and all of that, part of the bodhicitta, part of the bodhisattva path and part of bodhicitta I think is transformation so maybe in your acronym mm. somewhere there should be a T <laughs> for transformation because that's what we at least particularly in, in the Lojong teachings and in, in you know any of the wisdom teachings and certainly in any of the tantra practices it's all about transformation it's all about taking anger and transforming it into wisdom, taking any kind of, of you know, these, these really destructive, supposedly destructive emotions and transforming them into wisdom. So part of that, I don't know, I don't know if that would be a BTRS. How about CRT? Because that sounds for county regional transit. We could, <laughs> just do, we could just do CRTS, CRTs. But that stands for also the displays in the old days. Too. They were, yep. That's, no, that's, that's true. It is about transforming that anger, right? And that opportunity for me um, usually to transform that anger is going to go one or the other ways. It's going to go really, really bad and the cup is going to flow with over or it's going to be transformed into an understanding right and again doing the practice of what is the thought why did the thought arise what am I doing to transform that thought or cessation to stop that thought or to extinguish that thought and once I've eradicated or gotten that thought out of my mind yes we can move on right until that next car cuts in front of you know? <laughs> 
or whatever. Yeah, yeah, no, transformation. And, and I, hope, I hope you guys heard a little bit, a, a, a bit about that because that's absolutely right. That's what I have to do, right? That's, that's really the work that has to be done is to transform that. And, and a lot of times it's pushing it back in and back down, um, not in a way that's, that's bad, but it's in a way, one, don't harm others, right? It's, again, one of the first refuge vows that we take um, every single day is to not har- harm others. And, and if I'm not doing that, then I'm not able to harm others if I'm keeping it inside and transforming it. Um, maybe it's more stitching, right? Or maybe it's more prayers. Yeah, in the back there. Sure. Hi. Um, I don't know if this add another letter or not, but anyway, you were talking about... Um, anger, and then you know you think about why am I angry? You know where is it coming from? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you should add to that. What role did I play mm-hmm. in this situation? Because you're seeing it as some, somebody has caused some damage to me, and it's making me angry. Yeah. But you should also think, did I contribute to this in any way? And I think yeah. that kind of helps you try to resolve your the anger issues and yeah. realize that you know maybe you know both of us are responsible and you know maybe that'll help with the anger. Yeah. No. That that. Thank you for bringing that up. That's that's um, that's when I get to go knock on the therapy side of the door of Lamla's office um, <laughs> and say, what did I do in traffic for this person to do this to me? What was my part in this? Um, and, and I have to ask that question, and I do ask that question, right? What, what is it? Um, the real answer to that is, again, is, is it's my karma first and foremost, right? Ripening either right now for these situations that I have to deal with and my part in those situations. Um, but first and foremost, it just happens to be the nature of what I do, right? I travel a whole lot. And anytime you leave the comfort and safety of your own safe, warm abode, you're going to have to deal with people outside, right? And what is my role in that? I'm subjecting myself to be in that situation to experience people who are not either driving safely or driving in an erratic manner, right? So yeah, that's that, and that's the full circle of absolutely being able to look at that and, and to continue to work with that, and I do. But then I can also fall victim very, very quickly, very, very quickly, and say, oh, poor me, right? It's, um, it's always happening to me. I didn't do anything. I was just trying to get to the temple today, and you know, it was, it was horrible. Um, so I, I also have to balance that out really, really carefully, because if I want to look at my part, I can fall into the circle. I can fall into the pool of samsara very, very quickly right if I if I look um, it will my part in that is as well yeah that's important though thank you for bringing that up yeah Brian thanks for your talk Greg that's yeah. great um, I for myself I just always have to remember it's progress not perfection because uh, I can get overwhelmed you know with all the information out there but <laughs> if I remember that at least I mean we're blessed to have these tools so we can go out there and uh, be the best version of ourselves, right? Because what if we're left to our own device and we didn't have any of this? We, we would be insane all the time out on the road, right? Yeah. So we're just really blessed to have this opportunity to, to, to get these teachings so we can, you know, uh, be okay with ourselves, right? At least we can, we can progress. The yeah. progress I'm looking for, though, is that it's not going to happen, right? A rising anger is not going to happen. And Lamla says that's not progress. That's unrealistic, delusional, ignorant expectations, 
right? So what is progress in that scenario, right? Instead of verbally throwing up all over somebody, transforming the thought and working with it, yes, that's progress. Um, waiting 30 seconds instead of 15 seconds to let the cup runneth over on somebody that might deserve it at the grocery store. Um, I, progress, yeah, I, I, I don't know what that meant. I don't ever get like a sense of relief or a sense of like, oh yeah, this is getting better. Oh yeah, this is getting better. It's always there, right? It's just one of those things that's just always there. And, and I think I'm making progress, but then it's like, no, you're probably just being delusional with yourself, right? You're not making progress. You're still getting angry. You're still hurting other people sometimes. You can't do that, right? So I, I am always looking for progress, right? And so yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. I am a work in progress for as many more breaths as I have to be here with you guys. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Um, then let's take a break here for a little bit for maybe seven to ten minutes or nine minutes and then we'll come back and we'll sit for a little bit. And okay. Um, welcome back. So, um, we're, like I said, we're just going to get into a meditation here. But um, I asked Mike because he's um, been a long-time study and practitioner. If he would please, 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 please give us just a few of his um, words from his mind stream on Kala Chakra, because I, I think you know all of us need to hear different interpretation. Well, not interpretations, but different words out of different people. So um, we're going to kind of let him give a few words, and then we're just going to sit for a little while, and then we'll do closing prayer. So, thanks, Mike. Well, thank you, Greg. And boy, I didn't need that kind of big buildup. That was kind of scary. You know, I just. Mike, use the mic. Uh, can you hear it? Can you hear it? Okay. The, uh, it was just some. Uh, it was, Greg and I were kind of talking, and there were some things that. Uh, dialogue during the question and answer. Is it on? Uh, can you hear? All right. How about now? All right. Okay. Uh, omnidirectional. Uh, I was just going to say there was when you asked the question back here about what is Kala Chakra. That's a that's a great question. Because how many people here know what Kala Chakra is? How many don't know what Kala Chakra is? See, yeah, it's conf it's it's a huge confu it's a huge topic, right? And I mean, there's no way Greg and I are going to end up. That book right there is by the Dalai Lama. So we're not going to sit and discuss it for 30 minutes and even understand the basics, right? It's a huge topic. But Colin Chakra, somebody said something about chakra means time, and it's not. Chakra means wheel or cycle. Cycles. Kala is time. So we're talking about the wheel of time, that we have to function in the wheel of time that we actually exist in right now. And it has to do with us getting in harmony with the cycles of the universe, of our inner realms, uh, of the subtle energies that we have within us. Does that make sense? A little bit more about what ch Kala Chakra is actually about. So we're doing practices that get us in tune with these subtle energies so that we are in the flow. So we work with body, speech, mind that lead to wisdom, and the wisdom leads us into bodhicitta, which is compassion and understanding so that we can be free of suffering so that we don't harm others. 
Does that make a little more sense? Okay. And uh, I don't mean this to be a bad thing, uh, but there was a lot of good things that came out. The Buddha doesn't talk about progress, not perfection. That's a good thing, right? It's, but what we do is we work with the root issue of dependent origination. As things arise in us, we have to be able to connect with where that arising starts so that we can disengage from it earlier rather than go into a full-blown rage. Make sense? Does that help a little bit? I don't want to give a whole big teaching on the whole thing, but I, for a long time, did not understand what is Kala Chakra. So it takes a long time to kind of get it. And then when you get engaged with the practices, mantra recitation, Greg mentioned this about mantra recitation, where we use our voices. We do kirtan, we do chanting, so that we can work with the subtle realms of earth, water, fire, air, and ether. These are the five elements that we have to work with, that we have to be in tune with. Make sense? So chanting is a big part of that whole thing, and hopefully this next year we're going to be doing some more chanting programs to kind of help with that. Oh, and then there's inner and outer. Yeah. Would you like to say something? Would you? Yeah. If anybody else wants to share a little bit? Yeah. Um, oh, I guess uh, well, I don't know that much about Kala Chakra, but like the important thing that I always see taught is how there's three levels, and that's always really important. And there's um, the outer Kala Chakra, which is like the cycles of the planets and like the whole universe. And then there's like the inner, which has to do with the energies in the body. And then there's like a subtle third level, which is like the most deepest level, which is like the Kala Chakra in your mind, and it has to do with uh, the union of emptiness and um, the mental bliss, and yeah, that's just supposed to be like, yeah, and um, yeah, and then the the transformation happens at all three levels, and and you're supposed to kind of um, be aware of all three, and and yeah, I can't speak that much about it. I don't know that much, but that's always important. Like that's just kind of, that was twenty five words or less, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, that that's again every yeah no that that's perfect. Again, that's I think everybody needs to. We all have different mind streams in the way that we put words together and are able to share them with each other. I think it's it's really helpful for everybody to kind of hear it right. And they do, thank you guys both for helping jumping in, and, and Susan and everybody for helping jump in on this difficult topic. See, I should I, maybe a bit off more than I can chew. See what happens there. Okay, um, we're gonna we're gonna go ahead and um, it's twelve thirteen, so we'll go ahead and sit for about nine minutes this morning. Um, and then uh, we'll go ahead and do some closing prayers here. This has been a Lions Roar Dharma Center recording. For more information, visit lionsroardharmacenter.org.